The Big Light presents Hello, I'm Sean McDonald and you're listening to Blethered on the Big Light Network My guest is French author and entertainer M. M's written a book called Strip, The Diary of a Hustler, telling the story of her life and about the realities of being a stripper in London's high-end clubs. You'll hear about her move to England at just 18 and without being able to speak English. M explains how she ended up becoming a hostess before being cast for various reality TV shows, including Love Island in the UK. And we discuss why she started to work in adult clubs, her popularity on TikTok and aspirations for her book and her career. And as always, there's plenty more. If you enjoy this episode, feel free to share it on social media because it's a great help. This episode is brought to you by debt experts don't fret about debt. If you're struggling with debt and you would like a free chat with an impartial advisor to discuss your options or to see how you can lower your monthly repayments towards debt, then visit don'tfretaboutdebt.net forward slash blethered. You can also listen to my episode with Don't Fret About Debt Senior Debt Advisor Tommy Gallagher where we discuss taking back control of your debt and the various solutions available. Don't Fret About Debt offer all statutory debt solutions in Scotland helping you to make an informed choice. So take the first step to dealing with your debt today. Free advice is also available from the Money Advice Service. If you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it. Cheers. You said in your book, somewhere deep within it, my entire life was filled with weird events that I couldn't explain, but they would always show me the right path or reveal a previously hidden truth. Does that mean that you believe in destiny and fate? Yeah, definitely. I feel like there's so many weird things that happen in my life where it could have gone like really wrong or something that I wanted and mm. out of nowhere, like, it's like, and like a person or an event or something that yeah. happened, like that's guiding me to my destiny or like, yeah. you know, yeah, definitely. You've had a very, very interesting life, <laughs> dramatic life. You got upset when I called you dramatic earlier. <laughs> <laughs> but would you, would you agree though? But so I would say like, when you look at all the things that have happened and we we'll talk about a lot of these incidents and mm. events and scenarios, when you look at them in isolation, you're like, oh my God, that is so fucking bad. But then it leads to something you think, wow, that was lucky. Yeah. No, definitely. And like you said, when you said, oh, you're dramatic, sometimes I'm thinking, do I create all those events myself to create drama and excitement in my life? Because every time my life has been quite like, not plain, but very normal, let's say, mm. I'm just, uh, I'm bored. Yeah. You, <laughs> I mean, you certainly strike me as somebody who, who likes excitement and stuff, but, you know, reading some of the stuff, I, I will go into it like the boyfriend who pretended he didn't, he didn't have a job and stuff. Uh, that's not your fault. That's crazy. But if there are people, you know, I, I read you saying that your f- first entryway into meditation and positive thinking was through reading The Secret. Mm-hmm. And I think if you then believe in that concept, it seems that the explanation of it is if you want something, circumstances will come around to make it happen, but they're not always going to be pleasant. It's yeah. not always going to be oh, a nice little journey to get there. Sometimes it's going to be horrible. Yeah, sometimes it's going to be horrible because I think sometimes you need to learn, listen, 
And I also, also think like sometimes life is bringing me the same lesson like a thousand times because like, bitch, yeah, you don't understand the yeah, lesson that's going to happen. Learn that you stupid bitch like we're trying to tell you like 10 times. <laughs> Literally 10 times. <laughs> but yes, I don't like, you know, we talked about it, about this like negative, positive thinking, like, yeah. oh, if something happened in your life or doesn't happen, it's your fault. No, it's not always like that. You can't always yeah. think like that. It's not because your dreams are not coming true that it's your fault or you're not working hard enough. Maybe simply not your time or if there is something bad that happened, it's not, oh yeah, it's your fault. You attracted this. It was just yeah. maybe a lesson for you to avoid doing this. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah. yeah, it's toxic positivity, isn't it? Because you get people that will say like, what's that? You lost your job and your dog died? Oh, well, guess you didn't think positive enough. Yeah. And like, yeah, it's not really how But it maybe it's works. a blessing in disguise. Well, I you think, don't know. Yeah, I think so. Well, I, I compare it to loads of stuff like climbing a mountain it's not always going to be a straightforward journey sometimes it's going to be really tough and not everyone gets to the top because they get to a point and think nah and they just don't persevere or yeah. or, or, or maybe change path which isn't a bad thing um such a fascinating life i'm really I'm, i've got loads of quite I'm, I'm interested to hear it from your mouth but we'll start with the book so your book okay. is strip the origin of a hustler the diary, yeah. The, di- the diary of a hustler? Yeah. Right, okay. Because it's hard because I've got it in Kindle. So the, oh, yeah, it's strip the diary of a hustler. Right, yeah. strip the diary of a, of a hustler. Mm-hmm. So bef- before I ask you all my questions, right, mm-hmm. these are the things I want to tell the person listening. Now, to you listening, if you heard me interview uh, Simon McLean, by the way, if you're wondering, like, why is he speaking like that? I'm with someone from France. <laughs> <laughs> so I have to be a lot softer. Yeah, I'm a bit slow. <laughs> Yeah, no, I mean, your your English is better than mine, but um, I'm in like London mode, so I'm speaking quite posh to be understood. But so for anyone who listened to me interview Simon McLean, who was the um, undercover police officer, and I recommended this book, The 10%, everybody, all of you that read it said it was amazing. I wouldn't recommend it if it wasn't good. This book is fucking brilliant. It's really entertaining. Are you talking about mine right yeah, now? Yeah, I'm talking about yours. <laughs> no, I'm talking about the other ones. Yours is, yours is shit. My one is shit. Yeah. No, it's, it's entertaining, right? It's really well written. I like I'm a really lot proud. Of, yeah, you should be. I like a lot of the imagery, but it's very engaging. It's very graphic. Yeah. As, I Have mean, you read it all? Yes, I got to the end. Um, we'll talk. The massage thing as well? No, I don't think I read that. <laughs> the happy ending thing? No. Right, okay, we'll get there. Some of it was sexually very graphic, yeah. like at the end, with the Irish guy and stuff. Yeah. Um, but like that aside, it doesn't hold back. It's, it's very mm. descriptive in parts and, and it's really profound. And what I like mm. is there's a quote at the start of each chapter, which I think... Which su- matched the chapter. Yeah, yeah. It, it, summer, it, it sort of captures the, the essence of it. So you kind of have an idea of what you're going to read. Mm-hmm. But everything aside, well-written engaging and stuff it's just fun like it's fun to read and there's times you're like fuck it's like that's so bad there's a lot of things from you describing parts of London I'm like I know there I've done that I've been to that Nando's in Greenwich where you used to work I I really wanted people to like be with me you know in Mm. my adventure they could really like visualise it you know and I didn't want to be you know if you have like celebrities writing a book they always hold back most of the time maybe not all but most of the time they do because obviously they are very public and very famous or whatever so they've got an image to to keep you know to maintain when I wrote the book I was entirely yeah anonymous so I was like yeah I can just write whatever I want and I just wanted to be like a normal person writing a book. You know, it's so tiring those days, like with everyone, like 
image perfect and Instagram and mm. oh yeah, you know, I'm just showing this. No, life is not perfect. Life is not black or white. It's very grey. Yeah. So this is what I wanted like for people to feel, oh, I'm not alone. Me too, I've got bad time. Me too, I'm suffering with mental health or I'm fucking shit at relationship or like, oh, I'm trying to pursue something that doesn't happen. You know that? So mm. loads of my readers were like, oh my God, I feel less lonely now. I can relate to you as well. So I think it's a very relatable yeah. book. I mean, I, I certainly was able to relate with a lot moving abroad, trying to learn the language. Mm. I, I keep I, I know I keep saying we'll get there because we will, because that's later in my questions. Yeah. But we'll, we'll start. For, I mean, first of all, actually, was the book written during COVID? So I started when, so when I was start, started to dance in 2019, okay. I started to write it on a notepad, um, like all my little stories, my yeah. dancer stories and that. And then I've met the Irish guy that you said, that mm. you mentioned. And when he found out I was writing a book, he was the only rich guy that was really interested in me and that was really... Um, fascinated by the fact that I wanted to write a book because all, all the other men that I've met they were like oh yeah great she wants to write a book ha 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 you're just a pretty girl it was like anyway do you think you're pretty? <laughs> of course <laughs> I'm joking I'm joking you don't think so? <laughs> I think you're okay <laughs> right anyway sorry so Connor um, so it was really like fascinated I wanted to write a book and he was like but where'd you write it like how do you do and I said well I just have a notepad for now he was like don't you have a computer? I said no. The next day, I had a computer delivered to my to my place. So that's how I started to write it. And then obviously, so that was January two thousand and twenty. Right. And yeah. then obviously, COVID happened just off. a few months later. So how? Yeah. What is the process for the the editing and the publishing? Like, do you, did you have to find an editor? Do you have to go because you self publish? But how do yeah. you, how do you do that? So I wrote a book entirely myself. I didn't use any ghostwriter or anything like that. I wanted to go down the the classic route, you know, so you have your manuscript once the book is finished Mm -hmm. and then you send what you call a book proposal to book agent. So a book proposal is where it's like a business plan for your book, what it's about, a synopsis. And then obviously they ask you like how many followers, because depending on the agent, they're going to ask you like basic question that you have to answer. Mm -hmm. So like how many followers do you have? you know, and things like that. And every time I was sending my book proposal, it was like, thank you, but no, thank you. So like rejection, rejection, rejection. And I was thinking, okay, you don't want me. Well, I don't care. I'm going to publish myself. (laughs) So I just check out Amazon and then you have the opportunity to self-publish. So this is why I did. There's a real, there's a proper lesson in there, you know, but if you believe in something, and and you value it, then do it. Don't wait for someone to. No, I never wait. Yeah, don't don't wait for someone to open the door for you. Let you in. Mm. Just be like, get my fucking way. Like, Either you go and get it, or you do on your own. You know, like you can't yeah. you can't wait around because you're gonna get rejected your whole life. You know, yeah. I've been rejected my whole life. And to go back to your question, the way I did it. So obviously, when you self publish, you can't just like send your manuscript to Amazon. You need to edit the mm-hmm. manuscript. So I hired like an editing company where they edit the book. And on the cover, and then the format for Amazon, and ta-da. very nice. Yeah. What What made you want to write it? Because it is a again, we'll get into all of the details and complexities. It is a generally fucking brilliant life story. <clears throat> but what was your motivation? Did you want people to know? Did you feel that you would get some therapy from it? Was it a combination? Yeah, I think it was a combination, to be fair. Like, for so long, I wanted either to start YouTube or write a blog or, mm-hmm. or something, you know, because every time I would meet someone new, they would say, fucking hell, your life is a fucking movie. Like, I can't <laughs> believe you've done so much. Like, you're not even like 30 years old. Yeah. I mean, now I'm like 30 plus, but... 
they're like, it's, it's mad, it's crazy. And every time I have some friends that I don't see for a long time and they just want to see me because they're like, oh, no, you're going to have a crazy story to tell me. Mm. Um, and yeah, always, I always used to write. Even when I was little, I used to have like a little writing machine. I used to write like little like letters to my friends <laughs> on holidays, you know, back in the days we were doing this. Um, so yeah, I just love writing. Yeah. And I thought, when I started dancing, I thought, damn, this is something. Like, I need to write about it. I want to like change people's um Perception. Yeah, perception about the job, blah, blah, blah. So at first it was only about the stripping industry. And then when I was with this Irishman, I started to send him the manuscript and he was like, you need to write about your past for the reader to get empathy for mm. you, you know, to understand where you're coming from and why you're doing this and all that. So it turned out into a whole autobiography. Yeah. That's, uh, that's a very good point. People, there are misconceptions, I think, about people who work um, and as a stripper or that type of industry. And yeah, the adult industry. Yeah. yeah, the adult industry. And people can often just project their, um, whether it's prejudice or misunderstanding. The fear. Yeah, because they don't know it. You, they, you do separate, like there is a, is a real person who landed in Manchester and did all these things and and was scared and had to go to London and you forget that. And, and yeah, that combination of both. And then I don't, I think like when you get to that point in the book, it's like, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I understand yeah, why she yeah, done that. Totally understand. Yeah. There's always a reason for something. No one wakes mm. up and says, I think I'm going to do a job where I'm going to get a lot of fucking hassle like, <laughs> all the time. There's always, there's reasons for it and, and you kind of get there. I checked the reviews yeah. at, um, after it started, just you want to see what people are saying. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the reviews are genuinely like, wow, like really, okay. I was taken aback. Was there, was there not someone from like, Netflix or Amazon wrote a review. <laughs> I do my detailed research. Oh no, I can't believe you did. But, so, do you want to know? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Okay, so actually this was last September when I started dancing again, when the clubs reopened. Mm. I started in a new club and um, the club was really busy. When things reopened after COVID, the, yeah. the strip clubs were mad, you know, all those like men locked up for a while. They, they, went, <laughs> they went mad. And... I was busy dancing, blah, blah. And then this guy was like, you come here, like for my friend. I was like, okay, I'm coming. And then this guy was in the VIP area with a load of like bottles and champagne and that. And um, he looked at me and he was like, wow, you are really, really pretty. And I was like, thanks. And we clicked like straight away. And I started to dance. He was like, no, 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 I don't want you to dance. Sit down next to me. And we were just like talking, blah, blah, like flirting a little bit. Tell me you wanted to take (laughs) away from this year. And then... (laughs) He, he, I said, but what did you do? He was like, well, I'm a scriptwriter. I was like, you lying? I was like, you said, no, I'm not. I was like, I'm an author. He was like, really? And literally, I'm selling my book to all my clients most of the time. They're mm. very impressed. They're like, oh, we're going to buy it. <laughs> but anyway, so he's quite a famous scriptwriter from LA. I'm not oh, going to yeah, say yeah. who, yeah. but he's quite famous. And he was really, really impressed by it. It was like for someone that didn't go to university, <clears throat> That didn't study writing or literature or whatever. He said, this <laughs> that, is a talent. Yeah, they also didn't speak English uh, yeah. up until before 2010. Yeah. See, that, I mean, that's kind of an example. This is a word I use all the time. It's like serendipity. Like serendipitous. It's mm. like it was just meant to unfold that maybe that person's supposed to come in. So you never know. It could, it, it could definitely be a film. Um, there's absolutely no Maybe there's any producers out there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, now let's go back to the start of the podcast cliche. You grew up outside Marseille. What's yeah. the name of the place that you grew up in? 
do you know, I can't really tell you where I grew up. I'm like a gypsy. No, I'm not a gypsy, but like literally we have been moving around loads. Yeah. So I was born in Aubagne, which Aubagne. is like a little town next to Marseille. Yeah. Um, and then we grew up in the countryside, like outside Marseille. And then we moved to a bigger city in Provence. And then my parents split. So That's where Jean de Florette. Jean de Florette, yeah. <laughs> You watched all this, so you read the book, no? In school. Oh, I haven't. I fucking hated it because they only ever showed us like the first 30 minutes and the class would end. So then we'd come back next week and then they put it on. We'd be like, we've fucking seen this before. I still don't know what happens in the movie. That's my judith because I didn't. And I'm yeah. French. So. I'll find out and I'll tell you. So anyway, sorry, you moved to Provence. No, no, it's okay. Um, and then my parents split. So my dad moved back to Marseille. And my mom stayed in Provence, so like loads of places. I lived mm -hmm. in a lot of places. Then I moved at 18, I moved out of my house to Marseille for like a few months. And then. What's Marseille like? Is it a nice place? No, no I don't I've, like I've it. Heard, I've heard that it's. I don't, I mean, I don't, I doubt there's anyone from Marseille listening, but I've heard it's horrible. I mean, South of France is a beautiful place. Like, mm. it's literally wow. When I think of it, I'm like, the culture, it's amazing yeah. and that. But it's just rough, especially as a as a woman, you know. I don't like to walk down the street on my own. Like, That's I know, like, the girls in England, they're complaining about street harassment. To me, this is a walk in the park. It's like, yeah, mm. this is nothing. Like, go to France, you will see the, the difference. You, you decide to move to England. Now, before we talk about where you went, tell me what you thought England was. <laughs> <laughs> Harry Potter. <laughs> I didn't know. Red phone boxes no, and stuff. No, but like, I didn't know because my dream was to go to America. Yeah. You know, when you're coming from France, from a small town, you just watch all those movies and you think like, oh, they're from America, America, mm -hmm. America. Sex in, sex in the city and all that. So my dream was to go to New York. But obviously, it's a bit more complicated. And then yeah. I had the opportunity to move to England. But yeah, I didn't really click. So... People listening will, will understand this. So, oh yeah, I was about to say your name, but we're not going to do that. M. So M. M. M was um, <laughs> thinking she's moving to to England in her head. It's like tea and crumpets and Emmerdale Farm and like L London. Flew to Manchester and drove to Preston. Like how fucking <laughs> gutted would you be like? What the you'd be like, what is this? Listen, no offence to anybody from Preston, but like, if you're coming from the south of yeah, France, exactly. I was about to say the same. If you're coming from the south and then you head to Preston, yeah. and it's raining twenty four seven, like um, four seven days a week, and then you know you, I've seen that Scottish and English food and cuisine are very, very similar, but we have our differences. But you're probably thinking, oh, I'm going to have some come into this house the, the family you're going to work with as an au pair thinking maybe we'll have like a big traditional roast dinner yeah give you fucking toast and cheese toast and cheese how shit toast and cheese is nice but not for like <laughs> when you've been travelling literally she picked me up so uh, maybe people didn't get it but when I moved to the UK I uh, became an au pair um, so I moved to Preston with a family with a single mom. And yeah, she she didn't organize anything. She was very messy and she mm. was like, oh, I didn't have time to like cook or whatever. So I'm just going to do like cheese on toast. And I was Mate. like, is that a meal? I was yeah. like, what the fuck? I would, have throw, I would have thrown it at her. <laughs> she would have been wearing it and like, get me something else, please. Um, I th thought, thought it funny as well. And do you know, I remember, so I know where I was the day that you were in that house. Because you were watching TV, yeah, and Cheryl Cole came on yeah. singing "Fight for This Love" and yes. the mil so friend that remembers this was the Brits 2010. It was the Brit Awards, mm -hmm. and I, would re I remember whose house I was in. I can't say because I don't speak to them anymore. Oh, okay. But I, rem I just rem I remember where I was. But how funny is that? Like you're not that far away, and now here we are. Um, 
you weren't being paid, were you? Or you had been quite ill-treated? So the first family, so the single mom, she was just not paying me. So as soon as I landed, she was like, oh, I've got trouble with work. I'm really sorry, I can't pay you. And you know, you back then... You can fucking go to prison for that. I know, but you need to think, back then, 10 years ago, it's not like the generation that we have now, you mm. know? like And I was a foreigner, I was 18, I didn't know anything about the world. Terrible. I, I was like, uh, okay, all right, don't pay me, yeah, good. No <laughs> you know, like... Back in the days, I was just happy to have like a roof over my head and yeah. not be on the streets. But then after like one week, she was not paying me. I was like, yeah, fuck you, bitch. Like I'm <laughs> leaving. So then I moved to London and I found other families and it didn't get better. So the second family, they were extremely wealthy. This was the Indian ones in High Barnet? High Barnet, yeah. yeah. Extremely wealthy family. Uh, you can imagine all the sports cars. They had a cinema room, you know, like the staircase I go. Yeah. The splits and that. Yes. Um, really, really rich. And those idiots were paying me like £120 a week for six days a week. Yes. Yeah, so you were working six days a week, 8 a.m. until 9 a.m., £120 a week. Mm-hmm. That is horrendous. And do you know what, what I found very interesting? You said that there was no spark in the house and that they were miserable. And they were- so miserable. So sad. And I feel like, oh, is that what it means to be rich? Well, I don't want to be rich. They were, she had friends coming over, as she called her the friends, but. I was like, they don't even talk. They're just having tea and yeah. sitting silent. You could hear like the spoon, you know, in the in the cup. And that's so funny. <laughs> I so when I moved to to um, when I was in Barcelona, and part of my work contract, so I was working at school. I was also people don't, don't know if they'd realise this. I worked eight a.m. until five p.m. Monday to Friday, and got. 200 euros a month so you get 50 <gasps> euros a week now however they paid for accommodation and they paid for food yeah. but st- and it w- still. it's still not a lot of money Yeah. but what I then had to do was from like 6pm until 10pm was go to like teach kids English so I was told by like my boss like oh the parents will start asking you to to come and teach English to the kids now I'm aware of how I sound when I say this but this is what happened on my second day, I came down and there was just like 20 mums just waiting. Like, can you come and teach kids? So I was, I'd started making quite good money, but it was really tough. And more often than not, I would go in to do an English lesson and with the kids, but the kids weren't there. Nah. It was just like, it was just the mum kind of like stroking my arm and asking me stuff in English. I'm like, this is so fucking weird. But one of the ma- main memories I have of being awkward in the house was the the sound of the, um, the, the spoon, teaspoon, the yeah. teaspoon hitting. And even now when I hear it, it makes me angry. Really? Because it makes Trauma. me... Trauma. Yeah, it's like, <laughs> honestly, it's like triggering something. It, like, it annoys me. I'm like, I hate that I'm in this situation, like okay. this position. But So I could relate when you were saying like... Um, hard sad. Not, yeah, sad, not making much money, but thinking, well, I'm, I'm here now. Mm. You tried to go back, didn't you? And your mum was like, nope. You, yeah. you decided to go after Preston I wanted to leave I was like yeah I'm going back to Marseille she was like hell no she was like you left everything now you're staying so you're gonna go to London I've got a friend of mine Manuela did you change her name yeah or was that no, her I name I that's still her name is it? <laughs> yeah that's one of the only names that I didn't right, change okay, yeah. <laughs> she, yeah. was, she was good that you had her though like she was you're just your little anchor mm-hmm. to kind of help yeah you. I was lucky to have like a place to stay you know and to like, like find a family and just yeah. like get around London and know about London and that but when I when I went to London I was like wow the first time you don't imagine I'm coming from the south of France from a yeah. small town and then it's like boom the screen in Piccadilly and everything and all yeah. the station and I was like oh my god this is big yeah, <laughs> like there's lots of people <laughs> really exciting um, the next job Willich Arsenal the Polish mother and the dad from the Ivory Coast. That must have been nice to speak some French. 
Yeah, th- they were nicer, but still, this time I was getting paid 60 pounds a week. Oh, big money. Like, wh- wh- what do you want me to do with 60 pounds a week? Yeah. But they were not bad. She was. She had a moment. I think when people get helps, like, you know, either if it's a housekeeper or a nanny or something, mm-hmm. they, for some weird reason, they feel like they're, they're above them and you have to treat them like shit and do whatever you want with those people. It doesn't work like that. That's you know, really, you still need to respect people no really, matter what. Yeah, a really damaged person. They would behave yeah. like that to somebody. It's it's not good. But there's loads. You know, I used to be a waitress and people were not nicer either. So where, what? let's talk, I want to hear your other jobs. So Because you, <laughs> you started applying for things. But, four hours. So, yeah, so you worked at Greenwich Nando's. What year? Because I'm wondering. No, you wouldn't have served 2012. Me. Ah, no, it was a way. For the Olympics. Ah, right, okay. Did you get good tips? No. See. We don't get tips in the UK. Scot- in Scotland you do. Really? But yeah. Are you guys a tipper? Generous. Yeah. Okay. Very generous. Um, I always make sure I tip because I remember working in those jobs and being. It's the difference between. What even in Nando's you tip people? Yeah. Would you no, tip we had, no. Like? And, oh fuck! Yeah, no. That's a good point. No, in Nando's yeah. you don't think of tipping. Yeah, you don't think, but I would do it because they have like the jar. But now you just they make you pay on like the app. Mm-hmm. It's, True. Yeah, it just doesn't cross your mind. I would just add it in. A lot of, but so many places in London just add it anyway. But then in London, you've got a service charge. Yeah, aye, that's so that adds to your salary. But when I was, that's another job, a hostess in Mayfair, mm-hmm. I used to get good tips. Ah, yeah, I bet. Because it's a Mayfair. It's a different style. Was that, yeah, was that a bar? <laughs> yeah, it was a bar. It was the Mayfair bar. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, right. at the Mayfair Hotel. That very, was good. Very Regulars. Nice. Yeah, that's yeah. a nice place. <laughs> um, you here's where it kind of starts to get a bit, I mean, as if it's not already traumatic. I, f- I honestly really, really felt for you when you travelled from Preston to Houston and you're waiting on Manuela, mm-hmm. you're trying to order a hot chocolate. Mm. It's a real shame. Also, I've been there and it's frustrating because you're like... Well, when you were in Spain? Yeah, mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't speak Catalan and I don't speak Spanish. I mean, I was fluent within five months, but in those first five months, <laughs> um, it's, it can be so lonely. Very lonely. And you feel like, for some reason, you feel, I don't know if you felt the same way, but that everyone is looking at you. Yeah. When they're probably not, but you feel really observed. It, it depends where you are, because like, they probably were, because you're like, oh, what's this? Or someone can't be understood. Yeah. And like the waitress was getting really, really frustrated with me. You know, I was like, I don't know what I said. It was like 12, 13 years ago. But she was like, what? What? And I was like, hot chocolate. And, uh, and, and everyone turns around. And it's like, yeah, I can't fucking speak. Like, leave me alone. <laughs> I have a hot chocolate. Hot chocolate, please. <laughs> <laughs> I am from France. I don't know. Um, my, I've told, I think I told that story in another podcast. I can't remember if I told it on mine. Because like, I, similar to you for learning the language, music videos, uh, Mirando Dora la Exploradora, watching Dora the Explorer to try and like pick up, honestly, and just getting basics. So another thing I would do is like go on Google Translate, write a very simple sentence and then attempt to say it like in a place. When was that? 10 years ago as well, around that time? Yeah, 2013. Did you not have a dictionary? Because back then I didn't even have like a, a smartphone. I had a <laughs> basic phone. So I had like a, a dictionary, English and French dictionaries. I would look into the dictionary yeah. ah, and translate. That, that's very cute and French and quaint, <laughs> but I know I just used my phone, my iPhone. <laughs> I was obviously in a very fortunate... I was broke. <laughs> yeah, I mean, so was I, fuck. But it was an iPhone that someone gave me before I left. Okay. Um, and I'd, <laughs> I didn't have the money for like... a sim card or anything so I could only have Wi-Fi <laughs> so I would like go missing at periods because I was like if I was so if I was coming to get someone I'd say it was oh meeting a friend and they were like tell me come here and then I would get to the place and then I would 
turn on Wi-Fi and a WhatsApp would come through like, oh no, we've changed, we're here. And I'm like, Do you know what? I think that stays with you. It's like... It humbles those, you. Yeah, but how to explain? I'm still cheap inside me, you know, mm-hmm. like because I've been like struggling and yeah, all that. Yeah. I can't explain it. I would still do like little things like that. But yeah. it's funny that you had to use the Wi-Fi. Yeah, all the time. Yeah, for ages. And then it actually, beca- when I eventually did have money, it just became habit. Yeah, and that's what I, I mean. Like, it became yeah. a habit. So I was like, hey, get a fucking SIM card, you prick. Like, cost you 20 euros a month or something. <laughs> the principle. Yeah. Um, but I, in terms of mistakes, so I went into, uh, it was on uh, ice cream place in a place called Barceloneta, down Juan de Borbo. It's this long road. And I was leaving the beach and I was like, I'm going to get ice cream. And I thought, right, I'm going to practice. I'm trying to get my confidence up. I'd only been there like four weeks. Actually, it was a few days before my birthday. And anyway, so I've went in and I have looking at my phone and I'm reading it. And then I said, "Me puede estar un helado vainilla? No, fuck, what was it? Helado? No. Me puede estar un coño relleno con helado vainilla? So I thought I was asking, can I have an, an ice, cream. A, ice cream cone? A coño, it's... Well, yes, I didn't realise. <laughs> so, uh, cono is the word I was looking uh, for. Coño is... Yeah, but I, so I have said coño. So I basically said, instead of, can I have a, an ice cream cone filled with vanilla ice cream? I said, hi, can I have a cunt filled with vanilla ice cream? And the guy was like, <laughs> he just went, okay. Like, looking at me, and then someone immediately was like, I think uh, you mean this. And I'm like, oh, yeah. I just, But everyone looking at me, because imagine... Imagine you're in, um, I don't know, somewhere in Trafalgar Square and someone's like, I can have a cunt with ice cream. You'd be like, Mate. Well, I used to do the same with Coca-Cola. I used to say, can I have a cock instead of a cock? <laughs> <laughs> and the guy was always looking at me weird. Like, mm. I was like, what? I s- cock instead. <laughs> yeah. like, no, coke. I saw a TikTok the other day, actually. <laughs> Who showed me that? Someone showed me this TikTok and it's these two French guys. And they were saying, focus but if you want to learn French, like if you want to learn French, you have to focus. We can teach you. <laughs> and then they were doing like all these things of mis- misheard words, and there's, there's so many. I've done it quite a few times. Um, okay, sorry, I just took us away talking no, ab- <laughs> absolute nonsense there. Um, I mean, I don't want to prep, but it's in the book, so I don't want to press on anything that's maybe mm. painful because it, it had a terrible ending. But we'll talk about the time. You've changed the names, obviously, but you went to the cinema on a first... Right, I had to do a cut there because I accidentally said the guy's real name. Um, So it's Matthew. Yeah, Matthew. Matthew. When you're at... Tell me what happened at the cinema and then please explain to me why you didn't get the fuck out of there, like, at the first indication. Oh, my God. I mean, this is going to sound wrong, what I'm going to say maybe, because we're now in 2023 and, you know, there's all this, like, discussion with feminism and all this crap. I mean, it's not crap. I understand. I know what you're going to say, that that why should you? Yeah. Yeah, but nah. I no, think everyone would is in agreement. If if a guy asks you out on a date... Exactly! It's, it's just, it's gentlemanly. So let's explain the full story. So I was working in a in a shop and then I met this guy. He's like working in a stock room. I was a set assistant. Bim, bam, boom. He wants my number. He wants to take me out. Okay, you want to take me out. So he's paying to go to the cinema. Yeah. So then we're in a queue. We're talking. It's time and it's our turn. So then I'm moving to the to the cashier, <laughs> and then I'm like two tickets, and I turn around. The guy is still in the fucking queue. Oh, that's insane! I was like, ew! And then he took me to Nando's after. <laughs> did you use your oh, was, did you use a staff discount? You, you didn't work there yet. That's no, crazy, I though. I mean, there's nothing wrong with Nando's to be fair. But there's like, nothing wrong with Nando's. I'm going to get a Nando's today. I love Nando's, but like once you're in the relationship, once you're comfortable in that, but like the first time you take a girl out. 
fucking head. You like don't even t- did, buy the tickets and did, then you take her to Nando's. Did he like, send you to get the cutlery and the sauce and stuff? Probably. I don't remember, but probably. He was really not a gentleman. So, yeah, that's yeah. not good. But you end up living together. Yeah. And that goes really terribly wrong, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so he was literally lying to me for a whole year that I didn't have a job. So obviously if you're from London, you know, you just live in share house. And then so we were sharing a room together in like a share house. Um, and, you know, as a couple, I wanted to like go out and do things, you know, yeah. I didn't want to just work and go back to my shitty room, you know, so I was really miserable. And he was like, but you know, I don't have money, um, blah, blah, blah. You're the one always looking for drama. You're looking for like conflict when you know I don't have the money. So then I would feel really bad because I'm like, maybe he's right. Maybe the relationship is not going so well because of me, because I am pushing him to do things when he doesn't have money. Poor him. But you know, female intuition, always right. And I knew deep inside that he was fucking playing me. And yeah. And then one day I found out that he was working that whole time. That like, what the fuck, like. So, where was he saying he was going? Well, I was going to work, so I didn't know what he was doing during the day. Because I would leave in the morning and come back in the evening. That is really fucking mental. Like, what, what was the reason for that, though? Like, why do that? I don't like, know. Was it was he fucking gaining? cheap. He didn't want to pay anything. I don't know. I don't know his fucking reason. That, he didn't want to spend nuts. money. So, you found, you found out because you passed his... Your former Where place we used of work. to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were asked to leave because you were always arguing with yes, each other. Yes, yes. Yeah. So obviously they fire me. Yeah. <laughs> the French twat yeah. over him. That's uh, a bit harsh. So you've yeah. passed and someone said, Matthew, uh, he's not working today or he's on his break or something. Yeah, I haven't seen my friend for a long time and like we just bump into each other. You see when we're talking about like faith and like destiny and things happening yeah. in life, this is exactly like a good example. So I was walking down, just walking past the shop. I, my intention was not to go to the shop. Yeah. I was meant to meet a friend. And then I bump into like a former colleague and he was like, oh, how are you? So nice to see you. Are you here to see Michael? He's not here, you know, he's not working today. I was like, what do you mean? He's not working here at all. I was like, he's like, uh, what do you mean? And so it was like a really like confused conversation. Yeah, like baffled. And then he was like, oh, maybe like we need to stop that conversation. I was like, you fucking telling me right now, like how long he's been working there? Like how long did he stop? He was like, well, he never stopped. <gasps> I was raging. I don't know if you ever felt rage, but like, I was fuming inside. Often. I was boiling. Literally, I was like, I want to like... Kill him, yeah. <laughs> yeah, kill him. I'm sorry to say, but yeah. Ah, I think you're completely within your right. So you go home, you confront him. Yeah, I confront him and the fucking idiot is laughing at my face. That's not and I'm good. like, I, do you know what? I don't even, at this point, I was so hurt and so disappointed. I said, do you know what? Just leave. And he had um, his parents' place anyway. He's like, he could, he was, his parents were living down the road. That's, so that he is... could go back. It's not like I'm just kicking him out on the street and like nowhere to go. I was like, you need to leave. See, that is nuts, like, why he could just have been at home. But he smashed he smashed the house up, didn't he? Yeah, because he didn't want to leave. He was laughing at my face. Um, and I said, you need to fucking leave now. And he didn't want to move his ass. So I, I said, I'm going to call the police. And a few times, the um, the people in our share house called the police on us because, like, the argument were quite intense and violent. Um, and so this time I was like, I'm the one that's going to call the police. I'm fucking tired of this shit, yeah. you know? Um, so he took my phone, he was like, I'm going to throw it out of the window. I was like, I fucking dare you. So I managed to like, you know, push me on the floor and like things happen and that. Um, and I managed to get my phone and like the police is on his way. And then obviously he got scared and then he just literally like punched my computer, punched my mirror. That was, (laughs) I felt so sad for you reading that. Mm. Because that was, (laughs) 
No, Sorry, it's like nervous laugh. <laughs> no, I know, I know, and I don't want you to be like, just be comfortable in your in your own time it's because fine. that because it's. I know we're laughing and stuff looking back, but it's horrible. Yeah, it's um, that shouldn't be happening, and if it's quite representative of like a lot of, we'll say young people in general that they think there are baselines of normality, and it's not normal. Like that's no, not normal, normal. behaviour. But when it happens when you're young and you get confused because you had feelings of, and it's not even love, it's infatuation oh, yeah, it's when you're younger love. and it's excitement and it's mm. new and, oh, I'm an adult and mm. we've got this, aren't we so grown up and clever? And you think, oh, you have to take the rough with the smooth, but in actual fact, like, that's some pretty no, fucked up it, shit. It never actually, like, punched me or slapped me or anything like that, but it was really, like, Shouldn't even violent. Be you know, like, when you throw someone, obviously I'm tiny, and then he was, like, so much taller and bigger. So if someone, like, if a guy is just taking you by your clothes and just throw you on the bed or, like, throw stuff at you, like, this is so, wrong. So, so cowardly. Like, you're just mm. a tiny, tiny, tiny little man. Prick. Um, what happened with Australia? <laughs> Do you want to lay out on my trauma? I know. <laughs> but trauma. listen, these traumas are the things that, sh- like we said, it's the things that shaped you. Oh, and I think hell, yeah. people will relate to these. Though. We, we've all been there. Because I, I read this stuff, like the when you sat down and said, well, I won't go too much into it. I'll let you tell it. When you said, yeah, we should maybe split. We've all been there. Oh, you do something for a reaction. Yeah. And people will hear this and they'll be like, oh, I fucking love this French bitch because she's... I feel the same. I've yeah. done the same and no one ever wants to admit it. And you've admitted it all in this book. Yeah. I'm reading it and I'm like, I can't I can't believe she's writing this. I also admit that I can be toxic myself. Like I'm not a perfect person. Mm. And this is why I wrote like with no filter in the book. But mm-hmm. what do you want to know about Australia? <laughs> I mean, why why did you go? Oh, I went for my ex boyfriend. Mm. <laughs> Again, okay, nervous love. But it was so quick. Did you even like recover from the like? By the time you got home, you wouldn't have had to adjust to the jet lag because I feel as if it was such a short. I stayed two months. Was it two months? Two months. Right. Okay. Yeah, literally two months. So um, I met my ex-boyfriend was when I was a hostess um, on the South Bank. Um, Where on the South Bank? I love it. The Mondrian Hotel. Oh yeah. Well, it's now the it's now the sea containers. Yeah, sea containers. Yeah, yeah. It's yeah. <clears throat> amazing. Beautiful hotel. I started to work in the hospitality industry. You mm. know the luxury bars yeah. and that. Like I was like, ooh, you know, coming from Zara and Nando's and all that, and then you go in the luxury world. I was like, oh, this is great. It was a really fun time of my life. One of the best time of my life. We were always like. So with him or even with our work colleague, always going out, always going for brunches or doing something fun. Like we're broke as fuck, but then we had fun. Yeah. We had loads of fun. And he was treating me like a princess despite being broke. But, you know, you don't need that much money to treat a girl like a princess. But anyway, crazy in love, loads of passion, very good sex, like everything you can imagine. And then he was like, "Come, he wanted to move to Australia before meeting me. And then he met me. Um, and back then I had uh, my first casting for Love Island. We'll get there. Every, everyone's got excited yeah. to just heard Love Island. <laughs> so when we met, we were both like, okay, I had a casting for Love Island. Okay, I want to move to Australia. And I said, because he was two years younger than me, I said, you are young. You need to do like what you have to do. Mm. Move to Australia. He was like, I would not go without you. You're the love of my life, blah, blah, blah. You're Princess Fiona. I'm Shrek. <laughs> right, let's go. <laughs> and... I was just a hostess, you know, so I'm someone, I'm always thinking I have only one life, one shot. Like, I'm not going to think too much into things. Okay, let's move to Australia, you know, I'm not going to think like, oh, no, maybe this is, oh, is too that, soon. Is that why you've got YOLO? 
tattooed on your back. I don't have YOLO. <laughs> I've got one life here. One life, really? <laughs> YOLO, no, that's a bit disgusting. I know, I that's know. why I said it. <laughs> anyway, so you're encouraging him to go. Yeah, but he didn't want to go without me, so we ended up going together. That went well. Yeah, that went really well. So, before going there, we're arguing loads. Mm. And that was my fault. Like That's good that you... It was my fault because... I'm not like the best at relationship. Mm. I, I've got a fear of ab- abandonment. Is that how you say it? Yes. So he was meant to go to Australia before me to set up everything. Yeah. He was like, I want to prove you that I can be a man. I can organize a thing, get the flat, get a job. I was like, okay, sure. <laughs> so go to Australia first. And his sister was moving to Australia as well. So he was not alone there, you know. Yeah. His sister was much older than him. Um, he's like, I'll go there before you. Okay. I went to New York with a friend of mine just to, you know, travel a little bit. Yeah. Um, and just because I knew we're not going to see each other, I started to like really, really panic. So like, I would just piss him off for nothing and be on his case and then reject him. That's what I do the best. You know, I prefer to reject before I get rejected. Yeah. Um, so I was like, nah, I don't think it's going to work. Blah, blah, blah. Like, so we're arguing loads, but we're always made up. And then... We had a big, big, big argument just before he went to Australia, like a massive one. And this was the first time they said I had enough. You're really like, you're pushing my button. And I was like, no, what did I do? <laughs> Fuck. Does, no. You mentioned the fear of abandonment. Does that, do you think that stems from like your mom and dad splitting up and feeling yeah. a bit, as if you don't belong anywhere? Yeah. Literally, like when my parents split, you know, I don't want to blame them. You know, it was an, another time, you yeah. know, like it was not like. Nowadays, we know much much more about parenting and how to raise kids and all that, you know, and they were really young. Um, but yeah, once my parents split, they just did their life, you know. It was like, okay, you're you grown, you're 10 years old, you can take care of yourself. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, from the age of 10, me and my sister were looking after ourselves and mm. they just did their life, you know. Yeah, and so you have that, like that would formulate you at a very, very young age. And then, so you already maybe have that sort of feeling or sensation, but then you come to England and you never feel safe. You never feel like you have a safety net beneath you. Yeah, like I belong to a family or something, you know, I'm, I'm alone. Yeah, yeah. so I'm I can... Alone. And it's understandable and like, listen, don't get me wrong, I can understand why the guy, because he probably didn't know so many things. No, and, because he's coming from a good family, you yeah. know, a very loving family. Uh-huh. So he didn't really understand my trauma at all. And that's not his problem to yeah be fair. it's just that's just the explanation for it isn't it um, it's a shame so yeah and then so yeah then you come back come back <laughs> to england what comes next then when when you get back is this when you moved to greenwich with your friend i was already in greenwich before right okay so but yeah right, i moved okay. back to to greenwich because in australia i landed four days after he's breaking up with me over breakfast fucking did... brutal man at least let you have a two-week holiday <laughs> no two months no, but I mean, like, he should maybe have at least let you have a little oh, bit of yeah. time to enjoy no. Australia. No, not even. It was, like, straight, yeah. But, again, that was my fault because I did say, I was like, oh, maybe it's better if we, like, go our separate ways because he was not putting any effort anymore. So, like you said, I wanted a reaction. Mm. But I didn't expect him to say yes. <laughs> yeah, you're like, fuck. That is a case. No. <laughs> that is the perfect example of fuck around and find out. <laughs> like, Fucking hell, Yeah, you out. fucked around and you found out <laughs> I very was quickly. chasing him on the beach, like, no! That's a shame. And it, like in isolation, you could look at it and be like, yeah, well, that was always going to happen. But it's just it's a shame. Mm. But he came back, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> uh, they always do. But you're, you're in Greenwich. Let's talk. Your life's kind of moving on. You're working. Where were you a visual merchandiser? Are you able to say? Uh, 
Yeah, Zara. Oh, that was Zara. Okay. But that was before Australia. Right, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Getting my, my timeline a little bit mixed no, up. No, it's fine. It's 30 years of my life, so it's yeah. quite you, long. You hate the Spanish. Ah, <laughs> so Spanish people. Uh, lo siento, mis amigos españoles. Um, but you, even the Spanish people say that Zara is horrible. So yeah, they horrible, know. horrible place to work. Horrible so, place yeah, to work. Yeah, because you worked there and they just mainly Spanish staff and they just weren't nice. Yeah, they were not very nice. And it's very, I don't want to use the word modern slavery because maybe that's a bit strong but yeah they clearly didn't care about their stuff yeah it's like you're cold you're sick you're dying in your bed and they're like can you walk uh yeah i can walk okay you can come to work then oh i remember my grandfather passed away and i was like i need to go back to france you know for the funeral okay like uh, you're annoying and then two weeks after my grandmother passed away and i was like i'm sorry i have to leave again and they were like oh again oh my god and it's you know, it's just very. There's no empathy at all yeah, in this in this type of workplaces. That's horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Like, oh, sorry. Like, I'll just go and fuck myself, shall I? It's my fucking yeah. grandparents. Like, there's nothing in the world that would would keep me anywhere or stop me from going anywhere. Um, I like at the time when Julian. Again, you've probably changed his name, but your your gay French yeah. friend. Yeah, mon bébé. No, mon bébé. <laughs> he moves into the flat. You describe him as one of your soulmates. Now, what I really yeah. like is that he's the opposite to you. Yeah, he's completely. the complete opposite. He stays at home playing piano. Yeah. He's um, he's okay. not having physical encounters <laughs> with... Uh, he's the opposite now. Yeah, with anybody. Oh, so you brought him out of shell. But yeah. what, what I quite liked about that is you had similar backgrounds and even though you're opposites, you had like this sort of kindred spirit ship with each other because you had a similar... Yes, similar upbringing, yeah. upbringing, sorry, and similar way of the way we f- we were feeling at home back in France and like really misunderstood. Obviously, he's gay, but he was not um, out. Can yeah, you say it was, out? He wasn't out. He wasn't out back then, and he's a musician. And you know, when you're from France, like, oh, what's that a hobby? You want to <laughs> yeah. be an actress? You want to be like a musician? <laughs> you're playing piano, okay? But what do you want to do for work? And it's like, well, that's what I want to do, and it's, yeah. it's not a real thing, you know. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we really like deeply like understood each other and we understand each other and he, he loves me for me. Mm-hmm. You know, me being dramatic uh, yeah, and crazy. Dramatic and, and hard work. <laughs> yeah, and hard work. But with him I'm totally fine. Yeah. And it really depends who I have in front of yeah. in front of me. You Maybe know? you have to just be with someone that kinda understands those little idiosyncrasies and, mm-hmm. and why you like that and you feel that you then don't have to prove anything yeah to prove anything like I can be very very chill like if Mm -hmm. I've got someone in front of me that's chill as well and very like a good communicator and like understanding like very chilled well that's nice and I'm glad that he (laughs) I'm glad that he uh, walked into your life is that around about the time that you became a hostess I met Julian when I was working in Zara so that was maybe eight nine years ago Mm -hmm. So in terms of the timeline and the chronology, it's a wee bit difficult to try and keep on top of because there's a lot of stuff happening. So I'll just go, instead of moving along the timeline, I'll move Mm -hmm. to another subject. Okay. Reality TV, Love Island, talk to me. And I will talk about the French one and the stuff in the Caribbean, but Love Island, how does that come about? How does that happen? So the first time they cast me was when they brought back the the show. I think it was seven, eight years ago. I believe it was 2015, Maybe. Yeah, it's 14, 15, something yeah. like that. Um, I was part of like a talent agency. Yeah. 
really shitty one. But we have it. Em is making the air quotes. To like, it's not really Italian. It's just some. Yeah, it was not a proper one. And yeah. It was a scamming one. But anyway, they were like, oh, are you interested? There is this like reality TV show. And I was like, yeah, why not? I don't really watch British TV, so mm. I, I don't know the show. Um, so, you know, when you do a casting, you have to go through like different process. So first is like online application. Then if yeah. you're successful, if they like your pictures, I guess. Um phone call and then they invite you to the studio for like a full-on casting yeah mm-hmm. was it fun the process oh my god the actual casting at the studio I was literally like petrified because my English was really not that good back then I was not like that confident and when I walk into the room I was like I've got nothing to do with those girls yeah I'd, how to, I don't want to sound bad how to explain just very different yeah not the typical Love Island mm-hmm. kind of girl. It's a very... Um, well, saying that, I, I was about to say it is a very typical type of person. And in fact, you could put a hundred in a room and be like, this is the same fucking person, mm-hmm. all of them. It's like they copy-paste every year. Yeah. Um, but it has evolved. I suppose it's changed over time. You so think? I, you, and I don't mean like in a, it's improved, but it's, it just changes, I suppose, with whatever is the trend of the day in terms of whether it's body shape or fashion or makeup or that type of thing. Mm. I had never seen it. I had never seen Love Island because I was I, I was in Spain. But I watched it in 2017 because I was back in Scotland. Mm. And they were good personalities. So for anybody listening, trying to figure out, it was like Chris Hughes, Kim, Amber, uh, Olivia, all those ones. And they had just enough personality for it to be fun. Yeah. And I was like, I like watching these people. And um, they did seem to be very genuine and they were there for fun. Yeah, not for like followers <clears throat> yeah. or anything like that. I've never watched it, so, so I don't know. The next summer I'm back in Barcelona and I watched 2016 on Netflix. Fucking best TV I've ever seen because they give them loads of booze. They are real people. It's like a hairdresser, a mechanic, a joiner, electrician, mm. that type of thing. And they are just all, it's madness. But then I watched it 2018 and I was like, this is shit. Because now people have realised what it is and they're going for followers and fame and clothing deals and I've just, I've never watched they're already, it. already like influencers sort of. Yeah, exactly. Before entering the show. It's like, I've, okay. I've never watched it since. But did you know they are bringing a series of middle-aged people Going in now, that'll be fucking amazing. Good. That'll be good. TV. Hold on, what do you mean by middle age? Well, you and I are middle aged. <laughs> no, we're not. We are like because, like, say, like the average life expectancy, like we're almost middle aged because people think middle aged is like forties and fifties. No, we're not. I've got grey hairs. Oh my god! On I the don't, side, not yet. <laughs> I get them on on the side of my head, and um, that's some horrible middle age I know but anyway they're going to put middle age people that's, that's what great. you want to see you want to see real people with with real lives and experience mm. and life experience I will watch but that but is it going shit. to be Love Island I or be- something I, no, different I, I believe so I think it's pretty okay. much going to be Love Island I cannot wait that's that'll be, be great. that'll be really good TV but now you're like ah, this is just it's the same thing every year mm. yeah. uh, I mean I don't watch it but I'm assuming it's the same uh-huh. thing so did, I take it you just got close to the end, you didn't get... Not even close to the end, I just did like that casting. So I went to the ITV studio, did the casting and then never heard from them again. The following year, they cast me again, done the same process. And I did tell the guy, so this time someone messaged me on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, are you interested? 
I was like, oh, you guys didn't want me last year. What, what would you change? Oh, you never know. This year might be the right one. I was like, okay, I'll do it. Um, didn't happen again. And this year again for the, um, this season, winter 2023, yeah, yeah, I had a talent agency, but a proper one, this one. They saw my TikTok and that, and they were like, oh my God, you're great. You've got a great personality. What do you think of applying for the show? And I was like, nah. No, thank yes, you. Past. Like, I think like reality TV is not me anymore. Like, if I visualize myself being in a villa or like somewhere with people, I think I'll be bored or I'll be like, uh, well, can you I imagine with all your life experience and just being um, multilingual mm. uh, and you would sit there and some fucking 20 year old saying, all right, babe, <laughs> what, so what do you like do at a weekend? <laughs> You'd be like, mate, fuck off. Like, Literally. Are you trying, you don't know, you would quote Voltaire to him or something? Be I think I'd be bored. Yeah, you would be, you'd be like the mum. Like, I'd be like the mum. Yeah. I'd be like, all right, I'd do you want like, some snacks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll make some. Well, I, God, you know, it's good to have a mum if someone's producing snacks, to be fair. <laughs> um, the French style, or the Geordie Shore style French show, what was that one? Um, it's actually called Temptation Island. They've got it in America. You guys don't have it in the yeah, UK. I've seen it advertised. Um, ugh, that was really shit as well. Did you have to go to the Caribbean for that? Yeah. Yeah, that was that one. Yeah, yeah, went like to the Caribbean. It was a cool experience, but then this is when you realize all that like reality TV or like this kind of world, it's very manipulative. It's very... There's a dark side of it. My experience was okay, but then if you're a bit smart, you realise, like, this is not right. Did I, did I tell you I've been asked to, I've well, been approached about doing a, a reality TV show in France? In France, yeah. And it, I can't, obviously, for obvious reasons, I can't see anything here. Are you going to do it? If it, if it, if it, if it gets to that, because it's, it's kind of basically. But it's the, for France or it's just filming in France? Filming in France. It's actually, okay. so it's once filming in France. And then after that, it's like Morocco, Greece, Italy, Dubai, maybe. It's like loads of different ones. I'll tell you later. I know everybody, everyone's sitting listening going, mate, shut the fuck up. Like, either tell Why us... Why is it a love show? Either t- no, 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 never. It was like, either tell us or don't. It's actually really... Sean fu- the Bachelor. No, no it's... Um, it's 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 a really fun, like, concept, Okay. to be honest. Is it a new concept? Yeah. Okay. I'm, yeah, because basically the producer got got in touch and like would, like sent me this big long message. Would you be up for this? And I was like, Yeah, I think I would actually. So you go through the early parts, and it's it's going. But again, might, it might come to nothing. But they were pretty keen, um, and I would do it. And je parle français. Oui? Je pense que. Tu veux qu'on parle français? Ouais, ouais. Non, je pense que c'est très important que nous parlions anglais aujourd'hui parce que les gens que Ouais. Sorry, that was just us speaking in French um, for you people that don't speak other languages. I actually make need to cut out because I always say that just joking, right? Like, actually pompous. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I'm like, the people are going to start actually thinking like I'm being serious. Like, I'm fucking definitely not. Um, so TV, you just you don't see yourself ever going back. In. Maybe if the right offer came along. Yeah, if there is a right offer, but like, something about love? No, clearly. Yeah, I think shit, it'd be like... Shit TV, that's done. I feel like those shows are over now. Yeah. We don't want to see that I anymore. want, like, 
if they approach me for something fun where I can show my my personality and not just like going on a fucking date with someone and be like, like you say, you're right, babe. Ew, yeah. gross. And right, I really yeah, don't go right. on dates in my normal life. What the fuck do you want me to go on a date on a TV show? I'm yeah. going to froze and be like, mm. I mean, come on to the producers. Like, it has to be believable. <laughs> <laughs> no one's going to be taking that out. So don't be putting it on TV either. Bullshit. People will see through it. Um, you'd received the online criticism. Nasty comments. Not nice, is it? Like when it happens. Like when people, you're on the show and then people saying stuff. Mm, For Temptation Island? Yeah, or you mentioned something in the book about that. Oh yeah, no, it's because I did um, an interview with a quite famous YouTuber, French YouTuber, and because you didn't really see me in the show, at first they were just showing me, Mm-hmm. And then they cut me. Literally, they cut me. And everyone was really surprised. And that French YouTuber clicked on it. So that's why he invited me. He was like, I don't understand. Where, where are you in the show? You were like with this guy. And then suddenly there's nothing happening. And that's where you see how they manipulate you. Because the whole um, time we were filming, yeah. all the production were like, oh, um, you're the star of the program. Oh, you're the best, blah, blah, blah. And then, boom, they cut me once that didn't need me anymore. It's so just weird, like they, they cut me. I was like, whatever. But so, yeah, I explained why I started reality TV. And maybe I didn't, like, express myself clearly. Mm. But it was like, why did you start? Why, what makes you, like, wanted to do reality TV? And I said, well, something not bad, but something a bit traumatic happened to me. So I got pregnant. Obviously, it was not planned. It was an accident. And it just sort of, like, made me think, okay, we have only one life again, you know, like it was a traumatic experience and I don't want to be miserable. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to stop, let people treat me like shit because throughout those years, like people were treating me quite bad, um, especially men. And I was like, I'm I'm not going to let this experience like drag me down. It's going to be the total opposite. I want to do whatever I want to do. I need to stop like living for my family, for society. And just because I was a PA back then, I was like, I'm not happy. I want to do what makes me happy. And I think me getting pregnant and obviously go for an abortion was sort of like my own rebirth. I know it's a bit profound and a bit deep, but yeah, no. it was, I was like, yeah. And people, like when I said that on um, um, that show, that YouTube show, yeah. people were like, oh, so you get pregnant, you get fucked and then you you go on TV. It's not like, I'm not saying you get pregnant and you go on TV. That's not the solution. What I meant is that like you need to go after your dreams. That's all I want to say. But I got like, Slut shame because I got pregnant and that's yeah, yeah that's that's shit. That's mm. just shit chat. Um, you say going after your dreams. How would you define your dreams now? Because I bet you they've changed so many times <laughs> over the years. So many times. Because <laughs> right, I would imagine for you it would be acting and yeah. performing. Yeah, performing, entertaining. Like you're an entertaining person. You are very entertaining. I, guess, and, but, I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry that I just asked you a question and then I interrupted. No, but okay. this is the perfect opportunity to direct people mm. to your TikTok. It, yes. is <laughs> fu- it is really, really funny. Like, you are like a, you strike me as like a really good comedy actor. Everyone says that, but I, I don't know. Like, no, you are a very good comedy actor. So okay. there will be, people can go and check. It's the, is it the Diary the of M? The Diary of M. The yeah. Diary of M on TikTok. And there will be. Um, videos where you explaining what you do in your life. Yeah, Tra- explain as well. Is it very educational? Is that how yeah, you say yeah, it? Yeah, it is. It's yeah. very informative. Yeah, informative. Um, yeah. And the somewhere you're acting, so you're playing both the role of the stripper and the 
weirdo, the client. The client. <laughs> you always see the client. I always think the weirdo that comes into the club on his own on a Tuesday afternoon. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to go, you go a Thursday afternoon, not a Tuesday. That's too early in the week. Um, or they still come. Yeah, but oh God, it's... I was joking there, by the way, saying about me going on a Thursday. I'm kidding. Um, they are really, really funny. And I, I could see you... <clears throat> Being, I don't know, I could see you being in like a sitcom or something. I'd love to. Yeah, if anybody's looking to cast <laughs> a French person. But again, I feel like because I'm public about the fact that I'm a stripper, and people I, don't take me seriously, especially in the TV and film industry. Yeah, I think that's a shame. Unfortunately. I think it's because it's England. If it would be America, it would be different. Yeah. But I think like in Europe, people are a bit more... Uptight about it. Uptight and be like, ooh, this is not a good look. It's not, you know. But then you have people with nine to five that are more fucked up than me. I mean, I'm fucked up, but I'm a normal person. I'm a nice person. I don't I don't drink. I don't do any, you know. That was the uh, universal signage for cocaine. Yeah, I didn't know if I was allowed to say the word. No, you say what you are. Um, I don't do drugs. When I don't work, I go to bed at 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> I don't sleep around. We, I think I'm a pretty decent person. Are, you we, know? Her- are we herbal tea? Yeah, literally. That? And then you've got some bankers that are like, completely F in the head, you know? Yeah. And do you know, conversations like this are good to kind of turn, like open it up and turn it upside down the yeah. way that it should be. Because yeah, no, I, I, I completely understand what you're saying. The way that people's perceptions perceptions are the they think because we do that job we complete slots or whatever I was having a chat with one of my colleagues the other day um, sorry if that's a bit too much like sharing no no you say what you want but I was like oh my god I'm so fucking horny like I need to get oh I didn't realise that's what we were going to say right, okay. and then she was like babe me too it's been a year <laughs> I was like, fuck, and I thought it was bad. <laughs> That's a good impersonation of someone from London. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> so yeah, we don't sleep around. Not yeah. all the time. Like, it's not because you do that job. It's a it's a character. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's a persona. It's, it's my fucking job. You yeah, know, it's, it's not yeah. me as a person. Yeah. No, it's, it's much to think about and it's much to reflect upon. If anybody's heard the, the interview I did with Lindsay Ferrigan, The Stripper Diaries, and we kind of touch on a lot of the same things. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, yeah, it's a role, it's a job, it's a way to make money. Yeah. I think, I think that people, I don't know, I'm kind of guessing, but I feel like from the male side of existence, get annoyed when, because women are, we talked about this, right? Women are sexualized from, from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And it's involuntary, you have no say in it. So like you're, you're sexualized. But when you then say, Okay, I'm going to take this sexualization I'm and going make to, money. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to turn it around and make money from it, commodify it, then all That's of a sudden. That's not su- good. Yeah, it's not yeah, right. All of a sudden and it's like yeah, I don't think it's that simple then. I think it is it's a very complex subject matter. And, it's very complex. And guys guys get annoyed about it. I think sometimes when I think you see guys, when they see a woman as unobtainable, they just get annoyed and lash out. Oh my God, like, yes, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I mean, I'm trying to second guess people's mindset. I don't know. Um, well, let's talk about the stripping. Yeah, how, how, how did it, 2019, how does it, how does that come about? Like, Well, after TV, mm. I was, the way I felt, I was like, hold on a second. I've got a producer that's telling me, oh, you know, if you go and speak to this guy and you do something with him, that's mean more time on camera, more time on camera, I mean more followers, more followers mean more money. And I'm like, hmm, how do you call this job going f- for someone that you don't like? Yeah. Prostitute. Mm. Get paid, yeah, to, yeah. you know? Obviously it's not, but it's like... 
yeah, it's getting the, the lines are getting blurred. Like it's yeah, yeah. So for clearly a bad experience. Clearly, like every time you would have a normal conversation on set, they'll be like, "We don't care about it. Just talk about like love life and that." And I was like, "Oh." Like, I don't want to carry on doing reality TV and not being able to show my real personality and yeah. what I want to talk about. So I thought, do you know what? And everyone was telling me, but you, you have such a great personality. You look so good on camera. You, you've got the face of an actress. Why don't you do acting? And it was always in the back of my head. But again, you know, too scared to admit what I wanted to do. Yeah. So after reality TV, I was like, you know what? Fuck everyone. I'm going to do what I want. I'm going to take my acting lesson. But obviously that, that costs money. I was like, I'm tired of like living with peanuts, you know, with my PA job that was paying me like shitty money. I was like, I want money. I want to enjoy London. Yeah. I'm going to become a stripper. <laughs> <laughs> and it's always been in the back of my head, to be fair. Yeah. I always fantasize about it. Yeah, because when you were younger, yeah. what was it? Moulin Rouge. Moulin Rouge. That Moulin was Rouge. That. Yeah. yeah. And there was something else that you put on like a... The crazy horse? Oh, no, you did no. something for your family, maybe like a doing a show at Christmas or is it just thinking about no it's like every 31st of December in France back in the days they used to show on TV the Moulin Rouge the show of the right. actual Moulin Rouge okay. you know the cabaret in Paris yeah, yeah. and I would really admire yeah. the dancers I was like wow did you think I want everybody to eyes on me yeah attention mm. seeker <laughs> <Hello>. <laughs> <laughs> no it's just I think you know we were talking with it with my friend the other day it's just like people look at you with like stars in their eyes yeah and it's it's a really good feeling i'm sorry to say but oh, i'm yeah. being honest about it i know i, I experienced it on the regular <laughs> <laughs> it feels great humble <laughs> oh man joking no, no, half joking. i'm like five percent joking no but i i get what you mean though no, i love it i love being on like so doing the tv show mm. yesterday and someone said like are you nervous I'm like no i the only thing that makes me nervous is the fact that i don't feel nervous because i'm like wait a minute that's not normal and too comfortable. No, because mm. I don't. When I first started, like my heart, when I first, like a couple of years ago, my heart would be racing because mm-hmm. you're like, I don't want to say the wrong thing. The wrong but so. now I'm like, I don't really care. You chill? I'm, yeah, I'm just like lying Ooh. back in my chair, <laughs> like criticising the Chancellor of the Exchequer and his tax affairs and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, and I, th- I think he's an idiot. And talking about Prince Andrew and saying like, yeah, he's a weirdo as well. I don't know, it's, it's good and I love it. I love because you've got the camera, people are, saying that the cameras are remote but producers and everyone's looking at you and there was like a hundred thousand people watching at 6am and you know the numbers of people are watching like I'll be stressed yeah but now I'm like yeah in my head I'm like yeah this is how it fucking should be there should be a hundred thousand people watching me at 6am like talking (laughs) but it's like that's delusion delusions of grandeur like and self-aggrandizing but but I don't know that is just I I genuinely I enjoy that I've never really actually said that out loud (laughs) Well, here we go. <laughs> here we go. Yeah, everybody's going to hear it now. But <clears throat> I make I you say things. <laughs> yeah, but I don't think I should apologise for that. Like, no, yeah. and we need entertainer. People, when you want to be an entertainer, either actor, singer, like radio, yeah. or whatever, they're like, ugh. But then we need people yeah. like that. I, you know, I'm going to get so comfortable that one day I'll be sitting like at the desk with the papers in front of me and I'm going to be like talking about stuff and then I'm going to just reach under the desk and get like a top hat and a cane and start like dancing, <laughs> tap, tap dancing or something. I'll just take it too far. Um, what what is it like? What is a typical night like? Well, how do you become a stripper? Do you just do you just turn up? Do you just say, "Hi, can I get a job?" So once I decided I want to become a dancer, I just Google like best strip clubs in London. One strip club came up, and then yeah, you just turn up at the audition. You know, it's either on the website or you give a call, and then they're like, "Yeah, just turn up at nine p.m. or something like that." And then the audition literally lasts. 
30 seconds. Yeah. You go on stage, you've got a dress, knickers, and then it's like, you literally go on stage, like, remove your dress straight away. It's like, ta-da, tits <laughs> Here out. Go. Here we go, that's my tits. And then they're like, yeah. <laughs> I think I'm blushing. <laughs> it's mad that I don't care to be fully naked on stage, but I'll be like stressed for other things. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like going on a date, for example, like the things you do on TV, I don't think I'll be ready for that. But yeah, mm. it's crazy. You would be over time with experience. You get used to it. Yeah, I guess. Um, what are the clients like and what does a typical night <laughs> look like? It's always different. Like there are nights that are amazing. You make crazy money. Your client is so nice and a gentleman. And then you have nights where you just want to like yeah. kill everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But there's no typical night. The, you, you, it's always different. Yeah. You, you warned me not to ask, so I'm not going to ask, I'm not going to, but you did say that you get some famous people in. One of the ones that I found <laughs> funniest was someone, I suppose, who would, he, he makes a bit of a living out of being clean cut and, you know, I am such a, aren't I such a good little boy? Um, mm. And, there's, you know, there's nothing wrong with going to a club like that. No. But it's just because he is so very much, like, over the top. And you're like, you sneaky little bastard. Yeah. But that's, like, just the influencer world. You yeah. Know, they all pretend to be, like, the perfect guy, the perfect girl, you know. Like, I'm clean as uh, Snow White when then they come to the strip club and you're like, yep. Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, do you know what? I suppose everybody, in a sense, everyone likes to project. Mm. Or not project, but you want to be seen in a certain way. Yeah, but it's getting tiring now. What? Like to just portray this perfect image. I'm not trying to portray a perfect image on my social media. No, I mean, I, I, even it's if the opposite. I even if I wanted to portray one, I wouldn't have the resources to to yeah. be able to convince anyone of that anyway. It must be tiring. But like you said, it's nothing wrong to come to the strip club. I'm talking about the yeah. way they behave I in the club. Just, I just wish. Do you know what? Right, the reason I'm not going into detail is because. I've been warned, like I've been seriously warned. And if I say the details, then you'll know who, who we're talking about. And you would be as surprised as I was. Like, you know, I wasn't surprised, but I was like, oh, kind of took the breath of you a bit. Do you ever have any other famous people coming in? Ah, uh, footballers. Politicians? Politicians, yeah, of course. Mm. Does anybody ever behave? Does anyone ever get thrown out? What do you have to do to get thrown out of a Club. I'd love to get them thrown out. It's like a little satisfaction inside. <laughs> because some guys, okay, so you have two different type of guy. You've got the guys that understand the concept and they're extremely, extremely nice, very gentle, like gentlemen. And they ask, is it okay to do this? Like, it's not because you're in a strip club that here we go, you can do what the fuck you want. It's not your mom's house. You know, even like... Wait a minute. What are people <laughs> doing in the mom's house? No, but you know what I mean? It's not your house. Like, yeah. you can do what the fuck you want. <laughs> it's an establishment with rules and people that are working. It's a work environment, you know? Yeah. It's not... And it's not just men, even female and couples. Oh my God, you have some couples that come and they think this swingers club start to pull the dick out and make out. The girls start to get undressed. What the hell are you doing? That is insane. Stay in your lane. Like, don't do this. Um, what was your initial question? Sorry, I lost track. About um, people getting thrown out. What do you have to oh, do to out. get thrown out? Yeah. yeah. So for example, in London, you're not allowed to touch. So if you try to touch... You're getting thrown out. Yeah. Okay. Or if you're simply like disrespectful. I had a guy one day in my previous club in London. You know, you go around because they're sitting on a chair, they watch the stage and you're like, hey, darling, do you want to dance? Hey, darling, do you want to dance? Blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, and I was trying to speak to this guy and he was not even looking at me in the eye, which I think is really rude. Yeah. He was acting as if I was not there. Mm. And he said to me, he was like, sorry, but I'm trying to watch the bitch on stage. No. 
I was like, you started to talk to the wrong girl, darling. And I was like, she's not a bitch to start with. And I was like, and I'm asking you a fucking question. Can you answer? Because you get really agitated. And he's like, if I'm not answering, that's mean like you can go and fuck yourself. I was like, ha, 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 manager! <laughs> I was like, I'm not having anyone speak to me that way. Get him out. Chucked Yeah. Then you've got like a group of silly guys. I'm not going to say where from. Silly but that man. thing that they can do whatever they want and they come with loads of cash, you know. And then we had a group. Wait a minute, what do you mean not say where they're from? What, the area? Not origins. All right, okay. Um, and acting like fucking s- small dick. Like, I can't explain fucking our little shit, you know. They had loads of cash. They were showing us the cash. And like, okay, babe, should we do VIP or dance or whatever? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just... Stand up, turn around, and I'm like, no, do you think what? I'm the kebab thing, like, gonna turn around or what? <laughs> like, <laughs> seriously, you're mad. And I'm like, no, I'm not turning around. Either we go or we not. Like, just say, say yes. Okay, yes. Okay, we go. And then he's like, pretend to give me the cash. And then he's like, nah. Nah. He did that. Yeah. And I was like, looking at him, like, you're the worst piece of shit. And then my colleague stood up and he slapped her bum. Nope. And once again, manager. manager! <laughs> I'm not having that. I'm not having someone disrespecting me or my girls. Quite right. I called you a snitch, but I was only joking that you don't accept that shit. Like, that's not on. No. Um, Now that, looking forward, how do you, because your vision must change for your life all the time. But if you were able to, to project a perfect couple of years or some things that might come your way, how would it look? Because I know you've done some interesting modeling stuff, billboards and stuff like that. Other different, like proper in public, you're on these massive billboards. I think that's really cool. Um, How do you know that? I'll tell you later. <laughs> if I, I know, you know, I, I my research is fantastic, isn't it? In fact, do you want me to really give you? Because uh, I was recommended this restaurant in Manchester, Peter, Peter Street, Street Kitchen. Kitchen. Oh my god, dead! Yeah, oh my yeah. God, See, yeah. I t- by the way, there's nothing, nothing gets past me when I'm when I'm doing an interview. I will go. I'll find it out. It's I'll get there. How you found it? Yeah, I will. Um, <laughs> but so, but yeah. So how how would that look for you? You know, what my dream life in five years? Some, no, not even your dream life in five years because you know that dream could change. But let's mm. say over the next year, if I was able to say, look, I can give you three things. Mm. Um, what would what would they be? What would they look like? Okay, be able to like stop dancing. To be fair, yeah. Live off my content creating, social media, book sales. Turn the book into a series or a movie. Oh my god, that would be a fucking dream. I just, <laughs> I I just don't see why that wouldn't happen. I'm honestly, I'll see it again. I will see it again. The link podcast cliche episode notes. That's where you find the link to the book. You'll find the link on my like Twitter and stuff. It is a fucking brilliant read. It's really and it's it's <laughs> real. You're like this is real and it's all the places and the experiences and the times. And I just think. It has to be made into something because yeah. it would be entertaining. Like that is really a sitcom in itself that could be poignant. It could be, it could be like quite harrowing. It could be funny. It could be entertaining. So that's point one to be able to live off the book sales and have it become a series. Yeah, that'd be amazing. And like, I really enjoy doing YouTube or like, you know, even like a podcast with you. Like, yeah. I like to be creative. I am a creative person, you know. Number so. two. Living in a place like Richmond or walking oh, about yeah. Hyde Park and going to Harrods for coffee every day. Yeah, yeah. literally, I want that sort of life. You know, husband, yeah. kids, nice day. Labrador, Range <laughs> <Labrador>. Rover, <laughs> Richmond. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Richmond is nice, isn't it? <clears throat> so nice, so peaceful, so simple. I mean, it's not simple, but it's just, 
yeah, I don't want to live in like the city anymore. Like, you yeah. know, that buzz and I don't really go out anymore. So it's quite tiring, doesn't it? It's tiring. It's fake. Yeah. You realize that like the party scene, like, and I do that for a living. Mm-hmm. So when I'm off, I want the completely opposite. Yeah. I just want to go on fucking walks and look at ducks. And <laughs> <laughs> I went for a walk down at Hammersmith Bridge last night, oh, that's actually. Lovely. Really nice, nice wee sunset mm-hmm. and that, nice pubs. And a couple of ducks as well, actually. I think I'm sure I saw some ducks. <laughs> I saw some dogs. I love dogs. Um, one thing I wanted to really get across, by the way, mm-hmm. how unbelievable your command of the English language is. Because it's not as if you came with, you know, even a base level. You can arrive in with pretty much nothing. Like, what was the... Can you remember the first word or phrase that you learned? Because I remember mine. Mm, I don't really remember, but... Yeah, my level of English was, like, really shit, you know. Mm. It was just, I finished school and then, you know, you learn English. The same way, like, you guys learn French at school, but it's bad, you you know. You you did it like, Brian is in the kitchen. Yeah, Brian is in the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) I remember asking, when I was in London, I remember asking for like, um, uh, damn, I'm saying I can speak English now. The chocolates, that, no, no Yeah, the hot chocolate, but like the, a ticket for the bus, you yeah, know? Yeah. Could not ask that. And then a train ticket to Houston. That was like quite, <laughs> yeah, because I was in Preston and I said, train ticket, London. <laughs> and yeah. he was like, yeah, where? Victoria, Houston, King Cross. But because I'm from the countryside, to me, it was just London Station. <laughs> I was like, London. He was like, oh my God, this girl is fucking dumb. Yeah, but Houston. Uh, I was like, oh my God, I don't know. Why is he talking about Houston? Yeah, what is, what is this? Because yeah. I, I remember my first phrase. It was, yo soy Sean, trabajo como un profesor de inglés en una escuela en Barcelona. Was I'm a teacher? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm, my name's Sean, I'm a teacher. Okay. I, I wasn't even a teacher, I was like auxiliar de conversa. Auxiliar. Catalan, yeah. it's just like fucking little assistant there to be like, yeah, no, you're pronouncing that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, and to be harassed by fucking 17-year-old school girls, basically. I was 22 at the time. Um, but it, it was I, it was weird. It was a weird, weird time in my life, but I loved it. Um, this has been, this has been so much fun. So glad we did it. I'm so glad you, you agreed to come. Yeah, thanks for inviting me. I, I, it was fun. <laughs> yeah, I really people people will love it. I really know they'll they'll enjoy it. I think what they'll like is, I think your honesty, being very candid, good sense of humour. Um, I feel like in life, you've asked for adventure. You've been given it. Fucking hell! Yeah. I need a bit of a rest sometimes. <laughs> yeah, I know. Just like relax, just for like for a little bit. For five minutes. <laughs> yeah, five minutes. but I, li- I like your attitude to like taking the lesson, moving on. And uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it'll be great things. And I have one final thing to say, wow. and that is merci beaucoup de me voir raconter ton histoire. Oh. J'ai adoré chaque seconde. Oh, that's so cute. J'ai adoré aussi. <laughs> thank you for listening. And as always, we'll be back with another possibly slightly less exciting episode of Blethered soon. Cheers. Bye. <laughs>All on the Big Light, Scotland's podcast network.
from the Big Light Studio.